How about that cigar? How about that cigar? That was so creepy. Thank you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to How About That Cigar Live. Thank you so much for joining us and watching live on Facebook, live on YouTube, and if you're listening after the fact on the audio podcast, guys, thanks again so much for listening to How About That Cigar when you drive down the road, when you work out, whatever it is you do when you listen to your favorite audio podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to How About That Cigar Live. And we are here in the Drew Estate Cigar Studios, and let's talk about the fantastic September 28th Freestyle Live Special Edition broadcast where Drew Estate will unveil an entirely new premium cigar brand. The company is giving consumers the ability to experience it before the formal launch in the upcoming Freestyle Live event packs, and they are available at participating retailers uh, starting on August 18th. 10,000 of those packs have been prepared with an MSRP of $39.99, and every Freestyle Live pack will include three unbanded premium cigars, a three-cigar case, a cutter with cigar rest, and a Freestyle Live flask. Each Freestyle Live event pack also includes a QR code, which the purchaser may use to enter a sweepstakes for a chance to win incredible prizes from a pewter ashtray designed by Subculture Studios, a Gibson Les Paul Dark Limited guitar, and a 2022 Black Dodge Charger. Participating retailers can also win big and are automatically entered for a chance to win great prizes. To learn the identity of the mystery cigar, tune in on September 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, only on Drew Estate's Freestyle Live YouTube channel and Drew Estate's Facebook page. Beginning on the 18th, you can find a list of participating retailers at drewestate.com slash freestyle live 2022. So, back again in the Drew Estate Cigar Studios. Yes, two weeks in a row in studio for me. <laughs> it's, a, it's a record for a while. Yeah, it's not an aberration. It's a real thing. Garrett's yeah. here, and and uh, we love having you. So, love being um, in the studio. The Minnesota Twins. I... Well, okay, so we, I, I mean, I want to, like, go, woo, we won three in a row. But. It was it was against the Giants. Correct. We shut. I mean, it was a zero, home, it shut them out nine to zero. It was a homestand. Yeah, it was a great game. And I mean, some guys came out at like Jake Cave was in a slump and he finally hit out of it. Mm -hmm. So he and he had he after like a twenty game hitless streak, he finally and then he and then he like killed it during this series. So hopefully mm -hmm. that gets him out of his funk. Um, but. but I, so I I so wanted and I and I talked my twins up, uh, our friend Orlando, who has a small little cigar company. Um, you know, he was talking about his Astros, and I was talking up my twins as we were heading into the Astros game, and the twins were the twins. Yeah, the twins played played terribly against the Astros, but the Astros are also one of the best teams in baseball like it or not i'm sorry they just are yep they're one of the better teams in baseball right now yep um and the same thing when we play the dodgers the yankees they just eat us up they do um so i i mean it's great to win three in a row but yeah. i think at this point we're still at at one point we were i think we were in first place by eight games we were eight games up and now we're four games back or something like that right and it's it's the end of August. You can't be doing that. No. Nope. So it's and again, 
if they make it to the playoffs first round baby then you everybody knows <laughs> that the the minnesota twins and this is no joke the minnesota twins own the record not just in major league baseball but in all major league sports for the most consecutive playoff losses by any team in all of professional Ever. sports yep 18 straight losses with zero wins in there that's i mean it's they have to get out of that phase of losing when they're in the playoffs. They have to. We should talk to the Cubs and find out what they did. <laughs> find out what they did. Uh, what, and it only uh, took them money. <laughs> oh, same, money. The, the, the same thing the Astros did. The same <laughs> thing the Dodgers do. The same thing the Sox do. Yeah. Same thing the Yankees do. Money. Yeah. And the Polets have it. And we're a worse, but we're a small market. We're a small market team. So it's, I yeah. Um, so that's what's going on with the uh, with our beloved Minnesota Twins. Uh, the football season is quickly approaching. Uh, everybody's getting their rosters cut down to the final fifty three players, and, and our teams meet week one. Week one, baby, Vikings versus Packers. So we'll uh, we'll probably be most likely be at Sodi's. I think for the game, we'll be somewhere. We'll be game. somewhere. Um, watching the uh, watching. I almost said the twins watching the Packers play the Vikings uh, and on, uh, all bets are off week one. Oh, NFC North, all bets are off. Um, and I think the game is in Minnesota. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's Green Bay at Minnesota so, and September um, 11th. So they're, you know, probably going to do a tribute thing. Which, most likely. You know, yeah. Um, um, and, and before we get into the main part of the show, I want to also remind you guys, this is coming up really fast now, September 8th. Cigars and Baseball here in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Fantastic event at CHS Field where the St. Paul Saints play. Um, so Cigars cigars and Baseball is a great multi-vendor cigar event. There's a lot of great cigar companies there. Uh, local restaurants uh, featuring their foods. Local distilleries and breweries featuring all the great stuff that they make. Uh, so you guys get registered for that event. Go to the website cigarsandbaseball.com. Um, get registered for it. Uh, you'll you'll come away with some great cigars and some some great new friends, and all the proceeds go to benefit the Miracle League, which puts together baseball facilities for kids with disabilities who wouldn't otherwise have a chance to play. So fantastic cause, fantastic event, and a lot of great uh, cigars and food. So check that out when you have a second. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't want to wait anymore. I don't. Either. I want to jump right in. So let's do it. Let's get into our main event of the evening. And as always on How About That Cigar Live, special guests are brought to you by our friends at Corona Cigar Company. Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars made with Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borshowitz knew it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Tampa, Lake Mary, and a new location coming soon to Sarasota. To learn more, visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you would please put your hands together and welcome back to the show, this time on episode 171 of How About That Cigar Live, from United Cigar Group, Oliver Naveau. Welcome back to How About That Cigar, brother. What is going on, boys? Good to be back. Awesome. We are grateful to have you, brother. It's been, uh, it's been too long. As you can see, our studio audience is uh, excited. Yes. I love that. Active stuff. studio audience. Yeah. We, we, well, active virtual audience. We love that when people are going crazy in the comments. Keep them coming. Let us know what you're smoking and drinking. And, uh, and if you have questions as we go through the show, too, please put those in the comments as well. Absolutely. And we've uh, seen a lot of people chiming in from all over the country. And uh, we appreciate everybody watching and listening. So, Oliver, where, uh, where are you hailing from tonight? I am in sunny Massachusetts, uh, mm. down just south of Boston. I am, uh, I'm home for a couple of days and back out to uh, New Jersey for an event that we have at uh, Havana on the Hudson. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, so, sunny, sunny Massachusetts. So, I mean, it's, it is summertime right now. So, I don't know about you. We just got hammered with, like, three straight days of super heavy rain and storms and stuff like that. Are you, have you guys been staying dry, or has it just been? No, yeah. Heavy? East Coast is in a – we're in a little bit of a drought uh, okay. here. So, all, all the lawns are, are, are uh, a dark uh, or a light brown, um, <laughs> water restrictions, everything. So, yeah, we've got to oh, wow. watch where we put our cigar butts, yeah. 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 I just, uh, I was telling Justin, our producer before we went live that, so a couple months ago, just a quick aside, a couple months ago, um, I tore into my yard and long story short, I wrecked a ton of my underground sprinkler lines. And just yesterday, did you, they're all fixed. You did. They're all fit. Now I still have some holes that I have to, you know, fill back in and put the dirt back over top, but they're all they're all fixed. How much vocabulary did the neighborhood learn? Oh, all the words. All I, the words? Everybody knows. Yeah, there's 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 no there's no naughty words that that didn't come flying out of my mouth with with great abundance during uh, fixing those. So, mm -hmm. uh, no, uh, just a friendly word of advice for everybody out there: if you ever are going to do any digging in your yard of any kind, no matter how big or small. Uh, contact somebody to mark your sprinkler lines before you even cut your shovel to the grass. Call before you dig. <laughs> Always call before you dig. You're running out at a young age. Yeah. Well, Matt, should we get you uh, fired up? I think so, yeah. And then uh, we can talk about what everybody is smoking. Let's do it. When lighting your cigar, it is important to be patient, pay close attention to detail, and focus on the tobacco. In the same way, Steve Saka brings those same qualities to the ultra-premium cigars of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Patience, close attention, and focusing on the tobacco are the qualities that Steve Saka and Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust have become known for. From Sober Mesa to Umbagog, Dumbarton has a blend that will fit your palate, your mood, and any occasion. Visit DunbartonCigars.com to learn more. So, Oliver, what are you smoking and drinking this evening? Uh, I decided to light up because this is shipping out to retailers now after the launch of the PCA show, the Yaya, which uh, is a beautiful blend of Dominican tobaccos. You have a Lajero Seco, um, some Dominican Broadleaf, and then uh, Ecuadorian Habana wrapper, Dominican binder. But it's a, it's a fantastic cigar. Just look at that. I burn. Mm. Everything. I'm excited. I'm excited for this to hit the market and get into everyone's hands. 
and uh, drinking, I, I'm taking it, taking it easy. It was, uh, you know, it was a long trip uh, to New Jersey. And even last night I was doing a little, uh, little zoom uh, meeting with a bunch of guys out in, in uh, Philly for, for one of our accounts there and uh, for uh, Harrisburg uh, beer and cigar. And uh, we, you know, so I was doing some drinking last night and, you know, today being Monday, I said, uh, I'm going to take it easy because I'm back on the road Wednesday and uh, started all over again. So nice. Awesome. Yeah. And Matt and I and Justin are smoking the Bandolero Siri T in the Picaros. Am I saying that the right? Picaros. Yeah. Yep. Six Picaros. by 54. Yep. Six by 54. And, uh, little bit later in the show we will talk about bandolero um but first before we get into cigars oliver i want to know what makes a good taco (laughs) (laughs) what makes a good taco so first of all you have to strip down the the walls uh i think a good a good taco has to be labeled and classified in the street taco genre of tacos. So that's a smaller, smaller tortilla, you know, the three to four inches, uh, properly seasoned meat, probably cooked in its own fat in, in grease and pans that haven't been cleaned in years. Keep going. And keep going. Keep going. <laughs> the keep going. dirty talk starts with tacos. Yeah. Talk to me. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and keeping it simple. Um, I don't want to say that. Yeah. The less, less ingredients, the, the meat's already seasoned. That's what you want to, you want to taste. And then the, the tortilla is so important. Uh, yeah, there have been, I'm, I'm a corn tortilla guy, so it has to be a, a good tortilla and then some onion cilantro, uh, maybe a little bit of salsa and, and that's it. Two bites. You're back into the next one. Yeah. That's the, we just got a sermon. I mean, that was like a mini sermon on tacos and that everything you said was right. Well, and tomorrow is Tuesday. <laughs> Tomorrow is Tuesday and tomorrow is taco Tuesday. I am uh, after this conversation, I'm definitely getting into. So if, if anybody hasn't seen Oliver's Instagram page, not only is he a taco lover, but he has this taco pose that he does (laughs) for every taco posting. And it is wonderful. And sometimes you get a kid or two involved, uh, which is awesome. And uh, some of those happen at baseball games, and you have a you know a, a love for for baseball as well. Absolutely, I'm watching the Red Sox uh, up two to one right now against and, Minnesota. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, they were up two to zero, so the fact that we scored right. one, I'm 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 thrilled about. Right. You can keep yeah. us updated yeah. as yeah. two on, no out. So you guys are looking all right. Well, Fantastic. well, one of the things that we were really, you know, coming out of the PCA trade show, which was just, you know, what, five, six weeks ago now, um, you guys really stepped into a new level this year, as far as I'm concerned. And, and so many people that we know in cigar media who, who, you know, because so cigar media people, we just have we have the good fortune of being able to see most, if not all of the booths at the trade show. And um, there was a new there was a new level. I mean, there was like a level up uh, for for you guys this year. So 
the fact that people are still, um, you know, in, in some cigar podcasts and people still talking about the PCA trade show, even, even close to two months later, and they're still talking about United Cigar Group and Selected Tobaccos making a fantastic showing at the trade show. What going into it, what was the 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 thought process behind taking that? Because there's a risk involved in that. So what was the thought process and all the discussions that happened saying let's let's really let's really put some some resources into uh uh, into that next level sort of showing at the trade show and and then tell us a little bit about how your retailers reacted to it and and what kind of feedback you got yeah so we a multi-layered question there but um we so united cigars is as a whole we're a manufactured distributor of cigars and i say that because we have our core lines but you're smoking the Bandolero tonight. That's out of the selected tobacco portfolio, which also is Atabay and Byron. And that's Nelson Alfonso. United Cigars being a smaller boutique company. When we started uh, in 2010 is really when United Cigars launched. I started in 2016. Uh, the portfolio was already pretty extensive when I started, but there was not uh, a following or a name. It was, it was still in the unknown. So when I started with United Cigars, I was trying to get more the company more involved with social media. So I was posting, I was interacting, I was trying to get the, the name and the word out. But by the time I got to the end of the portfolio, people were forgetting about the first line that I had talked about. Mm -hmm. Even it was almost two weeks ago, because if I was posting one or two a day, and we had 13 plus lines and uh, at the time. So people were forgetting about the first one. So I then took the approach of let me focus on what I felt is our, our most um, luxurious line and our, our highest end line, which was Atabay and sorry, is Atabay. And I said, I'm just going to focus on that for the first year. It's going to be Atabay all day. So that was that was the, the main focus because Atabay, you have to remember 2016, not that I was literally getting laughed out of retail shops, but it was you know a cigar that was not necessarily approachable. It didn't have a name. It was a high price point. Um, you know, people were a little skittish for cigars in that range and retailers were apprehensive to take a chance on it. We had a few larger partners uh, at the time, you know, ambassador cigars in Arizona was, was a big player. Obviously, you know, two guys was, was carrying the line. Uh, Corona had just jumped on board at the end of 2016 uh, when I started. And then uh, the Casa de Monte Cristo, which is now, uh, was still Casa de Monte Cristo, but the, one of their locations is the Byron Cigar Lounge and Industrial Cigars uh, in, in Texas. So we had some bigger players, even though Industrial Cigar, again, was a smaller, you know, just starting out, but they had a, a vision. So we had some some players that were really ready to, to get behind it, and that helped the, the progression of it as well. So I say that because then Atabay and Byron Selected Tobacco started to carry a name for itself and started to grow. Nelson started to develop new lines that uh, that were just launched at the PCA show this year, the Alfonso, the Byron 1850. Uh, he showcased a couple lines that were coming out in the in 2023, 24. That's the Nelson line, also the Alfonso Grand Selection. So he was expanding his portfolio, which is under our portfolio. So we decided that after taking it really two years off of the PCA show, because 20, uh, 2020 had been canceled, 2021, we decided to kind of redesign and reposition ourselves. 
and then 2022, we wanted to make a, an impact. Nelson design, you know, kept the same size and footprint that he had in the past, uh, expanded it a little bit more and designed his own booth. And we all know Nelson's design work and eye for detail is unbelievable. Um, so he did an amazing job creating this museum feel, but still approachable, um, you know, a little, little secretive with the, you know, with the walls kind of covering things, but then showcases and uh, glass displays that were highlighting the items. So it, walking in, you were, it was almost like a, a path that would lead you to the next little corner. And so we divided the two and then United had its own booth this year for the, uh, for the first time uh, since I think 2011. And um, we did that because again, we were taking on brands of our own. We did, we started the distribution of Arnold Andre, uh, the Montosa and the Terra Nova lines from Arnold Andre. Arnold Andre is a 200 year old German company. They've been in Europe. Um, they, they are mainly machine made, absolutely crushing it in the market out there. Very well known. They got into the premium cigar side in 2010 after buying a factory in the Dominican. They started producing their own lines and premium lines and shipping them to Europe, doing very well there. Then they wanted to expand to the U.S. market. They approached us to, uh, to distribute their lines. We took that on. So we felt that taking that line on, taking Yaya is another line that we took on uh, distribution for. The Jose Dominguez uh, line, that's, that's the factory that makes a lot of our uh, production. But he has his own boutique line that isn't ours, so we're distributing that. So separating the two and coming up with a different business strategy just kind of made sense um, for us because in the United portfolio, we have very approachable cigars, uh, a portfolio that ranges from mild to, to full. Uh, we also launched like the La Mezcla Cubana this year, which is a, a very price conscious uh, uh, cigar, but a beautiful Rothschild cigar. So uh, the United portfolio for cigars that we manufacture and distribute has the lower end, uh, more approachable cigars, and then the selected tobacco is our ultra premium line. So separating the two was just a business decision. It worked out extremely well. We got great feedback from not only you know yourselves and and some other um, uh, you know media out there, but the retailers uh, were were blown away. A lot of those you know the the social media influencers that that were stopping by. Um, you know, everybody just from you know, all walks of life, everybody was was very happy with how things were were moving and how things flowed. So it was just overall a, a decision that uh, that we took and, and we're expanding next year in the in the United booth as well. Nice. Yeah, awesome. it was it was beautiful. It really oh, was. It was and, like walking through a museum. Well, yeah, I, I sort of I saw it as like this, like obviously the trade shows in Vegas, but it had. You know, a lot of the the fancier um, shopping areas in Vegas have some of the higher end watch stores or jewelry stores. Mm -hmm. It had to me, it had that kind of feel to it mm -hmm. where it it's like you it, it, it's like, um, of course, now I'm blanking on, you know, high ends, you know, Fendi. And yeah, that's Gucci what it, that's to me. That's what it felt like. Breitlinger. Yeah. Yeah. And and it really it, it really did showcase pieces kind of on an individual basis uh almost like each each piece had its own showcase well literally each piece had its own showcase and real quick yeah, before yeah. we before we go any farther um i decided while oliver was talking and i am growing this ash <laughs> i decided i'm gonna do a little fun game 
Um, it is currently 8.55. <laughs> if anybody can hit on the head the time that this ash drops, which will most likely be on my lap. 8.56. Um, no. <laughs> I will send you out a five-pack of United, which will include one of these uh, bandoleros. So in the comments, put the time you think my ash is going to drop. One guess per person. And uh, if you guess the time correctly, I will send you out a five pack. Right on. All right. Very sweet. Um, so that's that's not easy. There's a lot a lot of motion going on there. Yeah, a lot of movement. <laughs> and Garrett may or may not be a little little clumsy. I I <laughs> knock into my mic and knocks at the end of the show, and we talk about it. It's kind of a fun thing. Uh, the it's like when you go to a restaurant, and if you ever eat with a messy eater. And you see their their area. I'm like the messy smoker of Matt's area is yeah. So this side of the table pristine. I mean it's it's it, it's cluttered, but but Garrett's side is like cluttered. Plus, it looks like somebody took an ashtray and turned it upside down and just like shook it all over oh, Garrett's side of the table. You're a cigar lounge nightmare. Yeah, it's, it's uh, mm -hmm. uh, it's Felix and Oscar, except. <laughs> yeah it's felix and oscar yep <laughs> actually i'm just i'm just realizing a lot of the younger cigar smokers no idea what you're talking about no idea what the hell i'm talking about <laughs> oh god that's so sad felix <laughs> it's called the odd couple google it and yeah and and laugh yeah. um <laughs> didn't they didn't they remake that too wasn't there like a i think they did didn't they? i think they did either they remade it as a as a TV series or, you know, there was this trend where some networks were doing like a one-time live event where they'd, they'd sort of reimagine a classic TV series for a one time. Like they did it with all in the family and they did it with, um, did they do it with all in the they family? Did. Yeah, oh, they did. Yeah. Oh man. And, right. and maybe that's what they did with, uh, the odd couple. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's some shows you should just leave alone. <laughs> well, they don't have any original ideas, so they just drag up stuff from the the past and 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 remake it. Because I, I tell you what, Archie Bunker could not be a character on TV today. No, no, yeah, you couldn't have our, you couldn't have All in the Family. You couldn't have no movies like Blazing Saddle. You, you oh. couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't have the Jeffersons. Couldn't have oh, the Jeffersons. Couldn't have the Jeffersons. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that was that was a great that was that was one of my top. Oh, yeah. love that show. The Jeffersons, yeah. Good Times, All in the Family. Oh yeah. What's happening? I loved loved those freaking Red TV Fox. shows. Red Fox. Yeah, the couldn't... Oh no, Red Fox. Son. <laughs> 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 oh shoot. Uh, um, yeah, we, we just lost you just lost half the audience. <laughs> so, they're like, what are they what are they talking about? <laughs> I didn't know this was gonna be a history class. <laughs> Well, I was, I just thought of something too. If we go back to the first time you were on, I mean, cause we've interviewed you, you at trade shows since, but the last time you were on the big um, Monday night show was actually back when it was a Tuesday night show in, and it was, it was literally right. Well, it was still the Monday night show only on a Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it, it was, it was, I think it was March 17th of 2020. So St. Patrick's day, the, it was, it was the 
basically the beginning of quarantine lockdowns. Oh, wow. And we were, I went back and watched the show and, and we were talking so much about like, I mean, it seems like it, it seems like forever ago, but we, we were talking about uh, sh- brick and mortar shops having to be closed and having to take phone orders and, and curbside deliver, you know, people's cigar wow. orders to their, because their lounges were closed. And, um, and also it was this, right around the same time that the announcement came out about Tom Brady going to the bucks. Oh, wow. And we talked about that. So there was a lot of big stuff happening back then. Um, it was a really as, sad day. As far as, as far as like, you know, the quarantine lockdowns and, and how that affected brick and mortar cigar shops, obviously <laughs> what affects a brick and mortar cigar shop is going, yeah, he's going to lean back and try to, <laughs> he's going back. <laughs> um, the, you know, the quarantine lockdowns affected the brick and mortar shops, which in turn affects the the brands, which in turn affects the factories and so on. And so, I mean, it's 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 sort of a, a, a domino effect that's that's felt throughout the industry. Um, how have you seen as things have progressed since March of 2020, how the cigar industry has handled that and then bounced back? Because obviously people cigar sales numbers are great but um just as a as an industry have how have you seen the cigar industry handle that yeah so i think i I mean just seeing what what retailers are are doing if we talk on on the retail side i think the model has has changed a little bit where before you would see it seemed like the focus was just on the more on the lounge uh, event it was everything was event driven that's the only way they could make sales it had to be the event you had to you know push 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 and the i think the consumer too it, it starts uh starts with them they had to smoke room home they had to find other avenues to to enjoy their cigar i guess in, in a way we were fortunate um in the cigar industry that the the shutdown happened in the springtime for like the east coast and the midwest right so people could still start to buy cigars and if they couldn't smoke in the house, they could at least start to smoke outside or smoke in the garage with the door open if they weren't allowed to smoke in the garage. So it was it was at a time period where, you know, the outdoors could be enjoyed and people could consume cigars. Um, and I say, you know, before everything seemed to be event driven, there are events starting to pick up now. We're doing, you know, more dinners and it's a little more involved and it's more educational. Uh, I think having that time where uh, the consumers and retailers had that little, a little bit of time I don't want to say to breathe because they really had to figure out ways to keep their, their businesses alive. Um, they took that time to, to really research and, and dive into the information that's out there on cigars. So, um, you know, we had a more educated consumer before, but now even more so um, everyone's thirsting for more information as opposed to, Hey, what's free. What's the, you know, what are you giving me with this, you know, this three pack, five pack, uh, you know, things like that. Um, which still goes on and it's still, you know, a successful way to, to market the brands. But um, yeah, you have, I think you have a, a more, um, you know, definitely a still more educated consumer. You have the retailers that are more focused on the, the selection that they're providing. They want quality um, events are not, you know, slowed down a little bit, but it's more focused, more focused events on the manufacturing side. Everyone's trying to get back, uh, get the inventories back. Uh, you know, we still run into to issues with, with packaging uh, as a big part, 
uh, you know, tobacco's there, rollers are coming back into the factory, so we're able to to get things done. I know at uh, the Majikubana factory in uh, in uh, Garabo, where we in the Dominican, where we uh, roll our production, um, you know, we have we have people coming in on the on the weekends, and um, you know, they're just it's, it's go go go. But, uh, but the factories have have definitely expanded. We, we uh, I shouldn't necessarily we Majikubana, the factory that that we're partnered with in the Dominican. They uh, expanded and built a whole new facility uh, on the second floor, a massive um, location to, to roll cigars. So even though we weren't able to fit as many in the, in the compact area, we're able to spread them out a little bit more and we can get more rollers in that, uh, in that area. So, um, you know, it was, it's, it's definitely picking back up uh, for sure. Let's talk about the uh, Fresh Pack game. So Fresh Packs are really killing i mean they are just killing it um what is united have, have you guys looked at doing fresh packs and if so in what capacity um so the, and when when you say fresh packs you mean like the the sample bags with the humidification yep. yeah yep. so we have the, we have the united uh united humid bags and well we took a, a slightly different approach because we have uh more approachable retail friendly um and consumer friendly products we did a five plus one pack so there are five premium cigars in the in the pack and then you get one free <coughs> united firecracker at the top so it's a five plus one you get six um premium cigars from the united portfolio uh in one humidified bag and that typically retails for uh 29.99 so it's a great price point um it's it's a way for you know, people just, they, they walk up to the register, they're able to grab something right away. You have a, a nice selection in there. Uh, I think in the market in general, uh, a lot of companies went that direction after FDA rulings, right? And you couldn't do, some Some jumped in it uh, before, some tried to jump into it during, it was, oh, let's see what happens. But now you're seeing more and more of it. And, uh, yeah, we've had one on the market, I think since, uh, just about since the end of last year. Yeah, and it's, I know so many consumers that that love it, you know, just from a standpoint of sometimes they don't have uh, they don't have an hour or two to sit in the lounge and, you know, to walk through the walk in humidor at their shop and pick out, you know, five or six cigars and then go sit in the lounge and enjoy one of those cigars with with everybody else at the lounge for an hour and a half or so. They just they they say, oh, I'm going um, going fishing or golfing, uh, with, uh, my father-in-law and some of the guys or something like that. And they, uh, and I forgot to grab stuff out of my humidor at home. So they run in and they, and a lot of the shops they're, they're right there by the register. And it's a smart idea really for the consumer that is, that needs, you know, that, that quick pack of cigars without really having to think too much. You know, they see, right. they'll see a brand like United, and or or other brands as well and they'll see okay i know that brand i trust that brand i need five quick boom i'm 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 set i'm out the door at the golf course and and you and the other good thing is you know the cigars are going to be in good shape yeah right absolutely. yeah and i think it's i mean PO, it's it's just pos it's um it, it's just uh you know it's just it, it's at the counter you're 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 highlighting your brand uh it's logoed it's branded and then people are grabbing it because it's an easy, it's an easy grab. Like you, you said, 
they don't have to think when we walk into casinos, um, you know, I, I think of a cigar shop as a casino sometimes because there are so many brands, so many boxes open. Where do I go? What do I grab? Now you're just grabbing a bag. Um, you know, it's, it's easy. So in a casino, you don't, the bathroom side might be right above you, but you have no idea because you're, you're so focused on everything else. You ask somebody and they're like, Oh, it's right there. And <laughs> I, I mean, I usually say, Oh, you mean right by the sign? That's right above me. Yeah, no, you're right. Thank you. <laughs> so, you know, cigar shops are, are, are in a way very similar to that. Uh, there's so much going on. You want to try everything, but you're, you're focused on your brands and, you know, that you typically go to. So bags at the register or at a display, uh, you know, section, it's just a nice, it's a nice grab. You can try something, something new and they're all together. So it's a, it's a great addition to the portfolio. Yeah. Well, let's go into controversy. Oh, contra- I love yeah, controversy. Absolutely. Let's, let's do it. And we were grateful to, you know, when we did the hive mind, we had, uh, was it the hive mind or was it the PCA after show? Well, it depends on who was on. Well, Tell me when who we was talked the about the bar and uh, I think it was the hive mind when Oliver came on or he didn't come on, but he was in the comments and we were talking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was the hive. Yeah. Mind. So we had the, the show uh, about a month ago with uh, Charlie Minato from Half Wheel and Abe from Smokey mm-hmm. and Skip Martin. And yeah, I think you were in the comments uh, on yeah, that. I jumped in. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we were talking about the bar. So, Oliver, for those who haven't... Oh, the cigar the bar. bar, yeah. Yeah, you, the cigar bar. Could you show us the cigar bar? I, I definitely chimed in. Yeah, you because did. Because I'm one, I'm one that's a, a believer that this is not marketing towards kids. Yeah. This yep. is a cigar bar. Um, you have the Rocky Patel. We have three box press cigars. So those those that don't... And there won't be tape on the final one. This was just a, a little, little piece. But this is a silver bar celebrating Rocky Patel's 25th anniversary uh, we took three cigars in the round that that's in rocky's portfolio they're they're his cigars but the round cigars were box pressed for the cigar bar so last year we did it with aladino um they box pressed three cigars all all aladinos put it into a cigar bar this year we're launching the rocky patel cigar bar so you have three different cigars uh inside that pack yeah and that's you know the the whole controversy piece. I'm um, we we had a, a long discussion about this on on a couple different shows, um, and and even on some other people's shows about the whole. You know, there's been a lot of talk in the last. Uh, well, it's been it's there's been talk about it for years, but but especially in the last uh, six to nine months, you know about branding controversy that some people call it and things like that. We we tend to be. Um, you know, how about that cigar? Me personally, I tend to be very libertarian minded. Garrett's the same way. I think Justin's the same way. If you're just fit, just companies should be, should be, uh, free to brand and uh, design because it's, it's, it's expression, you know, the way you want to design your products and, and yet, yet at the same time, yeah, I understand that the FDA has got to you know got got their their crosshairs on us but the that product you just showed on screen oliver is that's that i I don't know how any reasonable person with any uh, any form of reason can look at that and say yep that's that's a company that's trying to sell that item to kids do you matt let me ask you a question do you eat chocolate 
I yeah, I'm I'm I, I'm an adult and I eat chocolate. What? I know, right? But that ice is cream. Not, but that what Oliver just showed that's not that's not meant to be uh 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 something that uh what's the word I'm looking for? It it's not meant to evoke chocolate style packaging. It looks like a bar of silver. Yeah. So right, and even, we, yeah, and, and we yeah, where where do you want to draw have the line? Been, uh, even things in the past that have been so called similar to looking like chocolate type products. I don't I don't know. It's I I, I understand it's super complicated. So from but, uh, but it, yeah, from a industry standpoint, I have zero issues with with any of that. Um, I think the issue that I was raising was talking about the even playing field for the PCA, where I felt like oh, as far was, as the way the PCA quote unquote polices it, yeah, I I can re- I can where, relate to where that. they allowed some relate. and they didn't allow others. That that was my only point well let, let's let oliver talk yeah yeah well i was, I was just gonna say so why why do we try to keep um you know tobacco products away from from children because it's 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 unhealthy right that that we can agree i do not i have two kids of my own um neither one of them smoke cigarettes they don't they don't vape they don't chew um you know my my and I, my son's 17 my daughter's 16 so to, to make it make it understandable um, I want to keep, I want to keep them away because they're still developing. Their lungs are developing They're Everything's developing. So yeah. I want to keep them away. So that's, that's why we have rules, laws in place. Uh, it, it's a federal law, 21 years or above, right? Before you can smoke some, it's, you know, it's 18 for States. So if you're not allowed into a cigar establishment, which is what we are, we're not a tobacco you know, it, it, we're a tobacco industry and there are some shops that sell vape and other, you know, products uh, for tobacco use uh, and they sell cigars. So if at that doorway, then just put a sign, no one 21 or under or go out in the store and we're not marketing towards kids. Um, our, our products as an adult, I, I love things that might have color to them or flashy that would also appeal to a kid. I'm a huge baseball fan. So when I see a company that comes out with a baseball uh, star, I, I gravitate towards it. Mm-hmm. But so do children. And so do some of those players. They also have foundations for children. So it's okay that we all have this similar um, you know, like for a product between adults and children. But how do we keep it away from them? And it's in a brick and mortar Right. Or, you know, if, if it is a mail order, there has to be a signature. So we try to we try to stop children from from uh, smoking any type of tobacco product. But appealing to a child and saying this looks like a candy bar. Well, you can't disagree. But boxes of cigars only became boxes of cigars because in candy shops, cigars used to just come come loose. They were put into candy boxes. And everything started. So um, I just picked up a, a, a chocolate cigar at a, a bakery the other day. Mm. That to me is worse than a cigar that uh, or a cigar bar uh, that looks like a candy bar. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it, it's it's where do we where do we draw the draw the line? And I I agree. Let's not you know let's not grab 
product names that are already on the market. Um, you know, and, and for full disclosure, when the cigar bar first came out, it looked like a Hershey bar. Um, but that was quickly taken off the market. Uh, it was it was agreed that uh, that that shouldn't be on the market, so it was taken off. When I started, and that was back in 2012. When I started in 2016, I think I, I didn't I didn't see this as an option in the portfolio. In 2017 was really when I said, "Wait a second, this is this is a great idea. You're going to take a cigar that's in the round, box press it because it was all there was always an argument. Well, does a cigar taste different?" when it's box pressed and you know, the argument was out there. So now we're kind of giving consumers an option, cigar consumers, adults, people over 21, the option to smoke their favorite cigar in the round and then smoke the box press right after and see what, see, you know, do a comparison side by side. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be honest. I really love that, that fact that you shared um, that is new to me. I about the can empty candy boxes being used. I never knew that. So I thank you for that. Cause I love learning new tidbits about the history of, of cigars. I love that. So they yeah, used to, but, ship, yeah. they used to ship loose just in paper bundles. And then the shop owners uh, would, would get empty candy boxes and, and store the cigars in there. Yes, yeah, cigar. I mean, cigars for for a long time didn't even have a, a band on them. There was no right. You know, you know, there was no packaging. So, yeah, candy boxes in the past have been used for for cigars. That's. So I mean, cool. again, I was just at a shop in New Jersey, and they had bubble gum, um, bubble gum cigars there. There are still the yeah. candied cigarettes out there. So, if anything, that's worse because now the kids actually. You know they are able to grab that because that is in in candy shops. I've I've picked up the candy cigarettes or the bubblegum cigarettes only because of you know nostalgia. Big League yeah. Chew. I mean, yeah. You know, it's not you know I don't forget Big League Chew. Big League Chew actually got got me into trying Red Man for the first time. I think I was fourteen. Puked my brains out, but yeah, I, Dude, I wanted to try. Exact it. same story here. I was yeah. thirteen, and one of the we were playing football at one of the neighbor kids' house, and he had. Um, he had a, a pouch of red man in his back pocket and I tried it and not even 10 minutes later, I'm ralphing all over <laughs> yeah. the grass. It was terrible. Right. right and, but you did yeah. it because of sports figures. I did it because I saw all the oh, guys yeah. at the time, you know, chewing now they, now they don't, but it, it's, it's for sports figures. So I don't, I don't want to say, you know, we'll go after those guys first and, and really for us to be brought up in, in the, you know, in, in the conversation United, that's really our only thing that could be considered close to, um, a, a product that could be uh, marketed towards kids, but uh, but if it's just be based on perspective because it looks like, then again, go back to a cigar box. A cigar box looks like a box of chocolates. So yeah. things can look like. I mean, there was a Tootsie Roll commercial, right? Um, what was the jingle? You know, I, you know, the world looks pretty good to me. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Where Tootsie Roll is all I see, and everything just became a Tootsie Roll. Right. So it's, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's however you want to say it. So yeah, everything looks like a candy bar and could be marketed towards kids. If, if you want to make, you know, start making a, a you know deep argument and we're just basing it off of perspective. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I, I think as long as like we have just now and, and Oliver, you're like one of the most reasonable people anybody could ever hope to meet. So that's, we just, everybody has to keep yeah. having these conversations in a reasonable way. Yep. And, and that's, that's where we get places. We, we don't get places by lobbing comments 
and I'm not talking about our commenters right now. I'm talking about sometimes you'll you'll see a thread on Facebook sometimes that just gets out of control, uh, and we just want people to, uh, you know, have real. There you go. David nailed it. Whatever it is, I think I see become yeah. Now the so song playing in my head. Yep. Now right. Right. Yeah. It's power of marketing. Yeah. And, and... <laughs> Everybody's trying to get me to knock it Garrett's uh, ash off his cigar to get to hit their time. And I would like to get. note that I was able to take off, peel off both bands without without yeah. the ash falling. That's uh, I, that's, also that's I, very I do, dangerous. I do right want there. to mention that uh, a strength of an ash is in no way um, a indicator of a good or a bad cigar. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, I'd say it's, you're more in my personal experience, the better constructed a cigar, the, the better that that ash maintains firmness, but that doesn't, but look at a Padron 1926. Yeah. That is one of the most flowery. (laughs) Yeah. Padron 1926 is like there's ash flakes all over the place. It's so it, it just depends. But, but uh, the cigar and, and Oliver cheers to you on the recommendation of the rum with this bandolero, because there's this, there's such a intense, like in the retro hail, there's this like cinnamon and cedar um, yeah. great combination of the, those kind of aromas on the retro hail. And it goes so great with the rum. It's just a great pairing. Yeah, I think that the, so the Bandolero Serie T that you're smoking, that's one of the three series of Bandolero, but that uses a lot of Nicaraguan uh, Lijero, so you're going to have a lot more upfront spice and pepperiness, but the retro, yeah, you're going to have a little bit of that cinnamon wood. So, um, you, you know, that's always a big question. You know, what are you drinking? What are you smoking? And, you know, what's your favorite thing to pair? It always depends on the night, depends on the cigar. Um, I, I don't like to... You know, the, I don't like the cigar and uh, and the the spirit or whatever you're drinking to clash too much or be too similar. Um, I, I like them to vary. So if I'm drinking something that's going to be, you know, a little more heat, like we talked about, or you know, earlier on, if, I, if something's going to have a little more heat, you know, I want a little softer cigar. If I'm going to have a cigar that's going to have a little more upfront spice and um, you know texture and and body, then I want something a little softer on the uh, on the drink. Yeah. So one of the questions I had on my list, I've and I've always been curious about this, and I'm, that's why I'm so grateful to have you on because I think this, because of the the range of products um, that that you guys um, that you guys work with, it brought to mind as I was putting together questions for the show earlier today, I started thinking about you know the different brick and mortar shops that we all go to, and some sometimes we'll have our regular shops in our in our hometown that we that we go to and then we get to travel every once in a while so we get to see what some shops are like out of town and we've seen all of us have seen all different types of cigar shops you have you know you'll have some that are sort of a you know a head shop type all-encompassing tobacco shop that also has a walk-in humidor with premium cigars in it maybe they'll have one or two chairs available for for people to smoke their cigar in that shop and then you'll have um you know going up the the line from there you'll have maybe a more medium to medium large shop that has a sizable walk-in humidor with plenty of premium cigars to choose from 
maybe they'll also have pipes and pipe tobacco and a big comfortable smoking lounge with plenty of chairs, maybe a card table for guys to play cribbage or something like that. And then you get into the big and, and it depends on the state because some states you can have uh, bars with beer and cocktails and wine and Minnesota, unfortunately, we can't have that. But then, you know, big places like Corona Cigar Company, Smoke In, um, sorry, I'm forgetting about a thousand other ones. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, the those massive shops where the walk-in humidors, you can almost get lost in them sometimes because they have so many premium cigars. But then they've also got bars for cocktails and things like that. Um, when you guys start looking at, oh, well, okay, 924. 924 it's all over get get the front of garrett it's everywhere i mean that's that's like that's like an ashtray i i get i i i am so like that just makes me sad because i imagine that happening to me i hate when the ash falls on me and yeah i mean you know that happened at 10 or, or it happened 924 your time 1024 and the score of the Sox twins game is uh well four to two is how you should say it but it is two four the way I'm looking at it because Boston is the visiting team so it's okay so Boston's still up by two runs no 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 you're up I that's what I oh, mean it up. is four to two it's four to two but Boston Minnesota. the Sox being uh, the the visiting team their their scores at the top Right, Got and it. home teams on the bottom, so it, it says two to four, ten twenty four. Oh, yeah. A lot of a lot of good numbers there. <laughs> All right, so did did anybody have? All right, Mitchell, send me your address. Mitchell was the closest. Um. So, all right, going back to this. So, looking at all the, like I said, it's a it's a a lot of different uh, cigars to choose from in in the portfolio that you guys work with. So when you look at things like price point differences, you know, from United Cigar all the way up to Atabay and everything in between, how do you, when you, when you work with retailers, especially retailers that are going to be new to carrying some or any of your products in regards to what they're going to carry, what do you look for in a retailer um, and what questions have you found are worth asking to those retailers to determine which lines are best for them to carry in order for them to be successful? Yeah. I mean, you have to, you have to really dig, dig deep in a way. Um, you know, I guess the, to the top line, I want to make sure that they've smoked the cigar before. Do they have other boutique lines? Um, because our, our portfolio is still, it's still growing. It's still, we're still in our infancy stage. Um, we have, we do have more calls for, um, you know, the Atabay and the Byron, but the, you know, the Bandolero picked up the United, the Red Anchor that we just launched at the show. Uh, Yaya came with, you know, great review. Um, so I want to make sure that they understand what they're getting into in a way, because people aren't kicking down the door for the product. So I want to make sure that, you know, the, the shop is a very hands-on shop, uh, because it's very easy to get lost. In, in any cigar shop, uh, unless you have uh, you know, a big, big name behind it. So we never want to put a shop in a position where they're buying 
you know, a large inventory. So I, I say that because there's not really a, this big buy-in to, to get the product. Uh, we want to make sure that they're comfortable handling, uh, you know, be it a, a, a $5 cigar. Are you able to, to really sell that $5 cigar? You would think a $5 cigar should just sell itself, but uh, that's not always the case because some people may look at a $5 cigar that's cheap. Uh, it's not good tobacco. It's not, um, you know, it's not going to be something I like. It's not going to have any flavor. So are you able to handle a $5 cigar all the way up to the $30, you know, Byron's and, and Adamant's? Uh, and even those in between, sometimes like a Bandolero is even a harder sell because it's in that in-between range. So the the sweet spot is the 10 to 12. <clears throat> when you get to Bandolero, it's right in the teens and the high teens. So are you able to sell something that's in the middle? Uh, you know, how do you bring that 10 $12 customer up to a, 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 a high teen, low 20 product, be it ours or, or anyone else's. So it's really just in, you know, in conversation, seeing who they are, how they, um, you know, how they handle events, what they, you know, what they look for. Is it a, you know, is it a retailer that just wants to do, oh, I'd like to do events where it's buy one, get one free. Um, so they're just looking for the, you know, the, the easy, you know, quick sellers. Now one, buy one, get one free. I think they'd be lying. Yeah. Or nobody would make money, but you know, that never happens. But, yeah, you know, that's what I mean. Just somebody that's you know, looking to just promote stuff and, um, you know, they have that type of customer base. If you have a customer base that, you know, really just shops around for the best deals, then, um, you know, that might not, not be us because we're, again, boutique. We, we can support our retailers with events and things like that, but it's not always ongoing by giving away product and, you know, things of that nature. So it's really in conversation, seeing what type of, the, you know, store it is. Um, you know, is it, is it the right fit? Because again, you don't want product sitting on the shelf, not positioned properly, um, that they're not, you know, um, uh, educated on our product, which, you know, we, we try to do. And then if it doesn't sell for them, then it goes to a, a, a worse part in the human or a lower shelf or, you know, the, the worst part would be going into a discount bin. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's where we want to stay away from. So we just try to you know, either educate the retailer, support the retailer, uh, and then do events where we're educating the the consumer as well. So, uh, it, yeah, it's really just in conversation and, and how they approach new brands yeah. and even existing brands as well. And I, I like that because it does, it does make sense when you say that, that a lot of times I think we, we look at all the brands in a cigar shop and we think about, um, Oh, this shop's going to bring in a new brand and is, you know, the, it, you know, the shop brings in, let's say they'll bring in a new line. That's, that's mostly, you know, five or $6 cigars, maybe even in some cases, $4 cigars. And yeah, like you said, people, people may initially go in with the thought, well, those are obviously going to sell like, like crazy, but that's not necessarily the case for every shop because uh, some shops are going to be in, they'll be in areas where the clientele who frequent that shop and the salespeople who, who work with the customers, um, you know, don't, the, you know, whether it's reasonable or not, maybe don't, um, don't have good initial feelings when they see a super low price point like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and then they'll see, you know, um, but then on the flip side of that, you, a shop where, um, you know, they'll bring in Atabay, for instance, and um, their their clientele may not be 
you know, just the, it, every shop's got a vibe every, and that vibe comes from the ownership on down through the way they train their salespeople to the way the salespeople uh, educate the, cons- the, the customers and some customers. And, and this is not this, I don't say this disparagingly. Some customers aren't ready for a $30 cigar. And that doesn't mean their palate's not ready. That doesn't mean they're, 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 uh, you know, a low brow cigar smoker. It just means that they, they may not be ready to understand the true differences between a $4, a, a $4 cigar and a $30 cigar with, and, yeah. and that comes with time sometimes I think. Well, there's right. a shop. No, a- absolutely. Yeah. There's a shop in Detroit that, um, their lowest price cigar was $17 <clears throat> and they only sell high end. They their their lowest price is their, 17. Their lowest priced cigar okay. is $17. Okay. And were they, when you say that, I'm curious, would you say their average price points are quote unquote, correct? They're not, Oh, absolutely. They're not overpricing their products. Yeah. No. Um, so the, the diamond crown was their, their least expensive cigar at $17. Okay. Okay. So a high-end shop, high-end clients, high-end customers. <laughs> Jay Davis. I wasn't ready for a 35. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. No, and that's, and that's, that's so that's, he's, he's absolutely right. You know, that blue smoke in, in, uh, in, in forward. Um, he's absolutely right. We've, I've had that conversation so many, so many times, especially starting out. Um, and there were, there were people that were just negative to the price point. And, you know, we had, I remember one time early on, I took, I took offense to it because I was just, it just, it, it, it bothered me so much, but there was this, there was this post and someone said the most overrated cigar, um, is Atabay. And I laughed only because it's not really rated. It's yeah. not really out there. It was it was in the discussion, so people that liked it were talking about it. But overrated, I was like, well, first of all, thank you for putting us in the category where you would think, um, you know, <laughs> it's it's rated everywhere, but it's not. And um, and then you talk to some people where you know they're they're you might be negative towards a higher end product, be it ours or anyone else's. And then if you ask them the simple question, have you ever smoked it? Sometimes it's well, no, you know, I, I just wouldn't spend that much. Well, how do you know? Right. And, and Jay, you know, Jay, David, yeah, Jay nailed it, you know, saying it was, until I tried it. Um, and it's very true for, for spirits and for beers and uh, wines. You don't know until, until, you know, and then some wines or scotches or, um, you know, for me, tequila, some might be over overpriced and it's just not in my, um, in my budget to be drinking that particular tequila all the time. And then if I, you know, pour a sip, is it worth, you know, whatever that would be, $15 a, an ounce. Now, I don't know because I can drink something else that's a little bit less and that's that's where I'm comfortable in, but it's still yeah. above, you know, the low grade tequila. So yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's all it's all subjective. Um yeah, I don't I don't take it personally. If they smoked it and they're not ready for it or they don't like it, completely understand. It's not for you. And there's I something just came to mind too that uh, speaking specifically of Atabay right now. You know the the price points that Atabays are at are are uh, in the upper echelon of of premium cigars. You know s- sold in the United States uh, and other countries right now. So that's so be it. But the Atabay line 
are what I consider to be um, mild to medium, very refined, uh, smooth flavor profile, aroma profile. That That's me. That's what I get from them. So if you've got, even if you've got a high-end client, you know, customer at your shop who, you know, affluent, would willing to spend any amount of money on a cigar, but all they like to smoke is super full-bodied, peppery, strong cigars, then even though they would easily spend $35, $40 all day on a cigar, Atabay isn't the cigar for them. Right. So it's not about price point. It's about the right cigar for the smoker and what they like to smoke. Yeah. Like I, um, have you ever driven uh, a Maybach? I, I don't even know what that is. So Maybach used to be independent. Now it's Mercedes. Now it's a class within Mercedes. Oh, but, it's a car brand. Yeah, they start oh. at basically one point two. One point two thousand. Right, it's <laughs> exactly right. And uh, you know, it's the same thing with cars or like like anything we're talking about. You watches, watches, clothing, uh, anything. How homes. Um, um, you have to, I mean, wealth is one thing, but also you have to be able to appreciate what that product is and what went into making that product. And Oliver, if you could just tell us a little bit of what separates Atabay, Byron and Bandolero from some of the rest of, uh, the industry, some of the, you know, uh, cigars in, in the tier below, what makes Atabay worth that ultra premium price point? Sure. And I want to be, I want to be very cautious when, you know, when I say this is there are great cigars out there. And when you say a tier below, um, I, I don't even want to say a tier below, just we do price point here. Yeah. Price point. But even, even, even cigars in, in the Atabay Byron price point. But if we look at selected tobacco as a whole, Bandolero currently on the market, Bandolero, Byron, and Atabay. What separates those three lines and what separates Selected Tobacco from any other cigar on the market today is the process that the cigars go through. And I can say that with 100% certainty, and it's not its not that it's better or worse than any other cigar. So that's why I say I want to say with you know with caution, but I can say that the process is 100% different. So what Nelson does is the tobacco is first you know, obviously, I mean, this is what everyone will say. It's selected. It's the, you know, the best tobacco. Nelson uses a lot of Peruvian tobacco. So when you start with Peruvian tobacco to begin with, the yield on that plant is a very short plant, three to four feet uh, high, as opposed to the six to seven plus on, uh, on, on the typical cigar plant. Um, so the yield is very low. The Peruvian tobacco is, is used in a lot of his blends. The other tobacco is, is purchased by him. The fermentation process is already the beginning of the next the next step, which some some companies do do this. But Nelson will ferment the tobacco for up to five plus times to make sure that the impurities and the ammonias are taken out. He wants to make sure that the cigars are very clean on the palate so that you're able to taste what the tobacco is meant to be. So the fermentation is the first process of the, the cigar up to you know three to five times plus. 
then the tobacco is aged. Once the tobacco is used to roll the cigar, and even the pears that he has down in, in Costa Rica, because uh, the factory that he uses, the tobacco de, de, de Costa Rica, is where the cigars are rolled. When they're rolled there, the pears only roll about 150 cigars per day. Where a typical pair, you know, anywhere from three to you know three to five hundred, depending on the on the brand, he wants to make sure that the construction is absolutely on point because if you're paying a premium, it has to be a premium. Now there are some cigars that escape, uh, you know, maybe that that roller had a bad day, possible. But for the most part, knock on wood, I believe that most of the cigars are on on point when it comes to construction. Once the cigars are rolled in Costa Rica, no, not using any Costa Rican tobacco, the cigars are removed from the factory, sent to Spain to the first stage of aging. They're placed into an aging room using five different cedars. He uses Cuban, Spanish, Mexican, Brazilian, and Lebanese cedars inside of a room lined with these cedars. Then the humidity is brought down to 40% and back up to 70, give or take a few degrees, um, to help the cigar purge any other impurities so when a cigar goes to 40 percent, it's shrinking right it's pushing out any other impurity in the cigar then when it goes to 70 70 plus it's breathing in and expanding so it breathes in all the different cedar notes when it purges again the 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 droplets go out into the into the room they go into the wood just like any spirit that you're drinking any wine that you're drinking they're using oak, a very porous wood. The liquid goes into the wood. The impurities stay in the wood and the liquid comes back in. That's why the aged spirits have a more refined taste. And there's an expense to that because it's time. So the cigars are placed in this room for one year, one year only. All the cigars, Bandolero, Byron, and Atabay, one year. They're removed from that room and they're placed into the second aging room. That aging room still uses the same types of wood that are all sanded or shaved down. I shouldn't say sanded shaved down once to twice a year to give it a fresh layer so that when the humidity interacts with that wood and then goes back into the cigar, it's uh, interacting with the, the tobaccos because you'll have a different nose on almost every every Vitola within the Byron Atabay and Bandolero line. Um, it goes into that aging room for the next stage. Now, Bandolero goes in that second aging room for another year. So Bandolero is anywhere from a year to two years of post-roll age. Bandolero... Uh, or Byron is anywhere from three to five years of post-roll age. And Bandolero, or sorry, Byron, it's notated on the band. There's a secondary band that shows the amount of age on the cigar. So we have three años, four años, five años. So Byron is anywhere from three to five years. Then when you look at Atabay, all Atabays age for a minimum, and it goes through the aging process. So I'm very, I want to be very careful when I say aging or aging process. These all go through the aging process, which is 40%, 70% through the course of those five years for Atabay. So Atabay is, when you say it's a mild cigar, you're you're 100% right on the palate. It's very mild. When you take a puff, There's you can taste the flavor. You can, you can feel the body of the cigar, but the strength isn't mild. It's more that medium range and even medium plus because if you retrohale Atabay, you have an incredible amount of um of flavor and complexity if you ever inhale a cigar um you can taste the 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 true body of the Atabay. and Atabay being so clean and pure you inhale it it doesn't even really hit the lungs but you can taste the strength in the body of the cigar so what 
you know, to put it out of a Byron Bandoleros all selected tobacco into a different category that I can say we do. And we do something very unique because of that aging process. And that's what makes the cigar when you're smoking it, like on Bandolero now, one to two years of age, you can still taste a lot of the flavor profile of the cigar when you're taking in the cigar. When you retrohale it, there's a tremendous amount of flavor because of all the ammonias being removed from the cigar during that process, that aging process, there's no bite in the back of your throat, which is a lot of those ammonias that some cigars end up having because they haven't gone through the proper fermentation process or even haven't, haven't rested properly. Um, so to, to set the selected tobacco portfolio aside, you know, why does it, it demands that price point because of the time spent to bring a proper product to pro to to market and that's that's the aging the the fermentation the aging of the cigar in the five different seasons yeah and allison had a good question um do, does the second room contain all of those cedars as well all five cedars are are used he uses so they all play a different different role right we always when when i was i've been smoking cigars since 80 88 was 16. Um, and then I started in the business in 98. Um, so I was always a fan and everything I read, it was always Spanish cedar, Spanish cedar, Spanish cedar. Nelson uses different cedars. There's no fumigation of the tobacco. There's no pesticides used. He uses Spanish cedar to repel any of the tobacco beetles. And then the other cedars just kind of play a, a, a different role. Lebanese cedar is actually protected. Uh, so you can't, you can't sell, you can't buy Lebanese cedar, but Nelson at one point early on to pay homage to his mother, who was Lebanese, uh, he would take like pieces of furniture, uh, make sure that it was the raw wood and then use that in the, in the humidor. And, and now he's able to get a small allocation of, uh, of cedar that he can, he can place in the, in the room for the next lines that are coming out, the Byron 1850 and the Alfonso that will be hitting the market this year. Uh, he started using French oak inside of the humidors. To give it a different uh, flavor profile and French oak, if you, you know, if you if you look at it, the barrels, the large barrels that are used for spirits, and this is brand new French oak. Uh, you're looking at six thousand plus for for a barrel. So, um, I bet Matt, if you look on the back of the bottle of Plantation uh, right now, if you read the description there, you'll see that they talk about the the wood um, that the 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 liquid was was marinating and it was aging it. Uh, because wood plays a tremendous role in anything that we we drink, or not anything, any 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 of the liquors that we drink. Um, so wood is a major major role, and cedar is a, plays a big part in the aging process of uh, selecting tobacco. Yeah, it does actually. Uh, so this is um, this rum is aged in uh, bourbon casks, but then finished in uh, cognac casks right so yeah so, huge differences big differences so, so wood wood and so important for uh you know for the spirit industry and wine industry so as atabay byron and bandolero uh are are growing in popularity is the production level also increasing to meet more demand yeah over over the years um he's he's slowly increased uh, production based on on demand and then he was able to introduce some lines you know in 2016 when i started we had the atabay delirios 
We have the Ritos and the Brujos. Those are the three Vitolas that were available on market and for sale. So over time, he was able to, you know, produce more uh, Vitolas, which is now 12 in the, in the Atabay line. And I remember one time I was driving through, through Texas and I was smoking in Atabay and I ended up, uh, I ended up calling Nelson and I asked him if he had ever thought about creating a, an Atabay Lancero, because I just thought that, you know, tasting the wrapper, I could taste the difference even, and, and sorry, the Divinos was, was on the, on the market as well, which is a smaller, um, a smaller Vitola in the Atabay line. And I, I remember tasting the difference between a Divinos and a Ritos. And then I thought, wow, if you went even thinner and longer on a, on a Lancero, which, uh, which I absolutely love, would that make a difference? And, and when I asked me, I, I, I made that it's, it, it's ready. I just, I didn't think, you know, with the U S market, there wasn't a big Lancero, uh, crowd, I, you know, we didn't think we would, we would launch it. He sent it. I smoked it. I thought it was absolutely unbelievable. And, uh, and we were able to, to introduce that. I think in 2018, uh, was when he finally got the packaging and maybe 19, 2019. Um, so that was, uh, that was an introduction. And from there, he expanded the line to, um, you know, 12 different Vitolas and we have more production, uh, every year he's, he's been increasing. In fact, I, I think right now he has a million million cigars on order uh which will fall shy of uh this year but he he has them on order uh to to get ready for 2024 and 2023 and beyond nice because again making those cigars doesn't mean that they're going to be ready for next year so it's the anticipation of okay this has been the growth and you know from what he was um sharing with us for his inventory he said, I can, I can handle and we can do about a 20, 25% growth every year. So every year we've been, you know, we add, add accounts, but we never want to, we're, we're not a company that wants to be everywhere right away. And I say right away, but maybe even, you know, in the future, we're not looking to just place the product. We don't have to report to a, a, a board to say, Hey, this is, uh, this is where we are. These are our sales. These are, these are our expenses. Uh, this is where this is where we are. We're in this many locations. Uh, there's there's no intention of selling this company, so we don't have to be, um, you know, in, in thousands of accounts or you know, hundreds uh, of accounts. It's we want to be with the right partners that that partner with us that support the entire United portfolio. Um, and when I say entire, it's not every single line, but you know, it's a, it's a give and take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I even know on the on the Byron series that in not every Vitola is aged the same amount. Is that because some of the larger ring gauges take longer to get right? No. So, so if you look at the, if you, if you look at the, the whole portfolio, you can even see that like the Mesolongis, which is a seven by 58 in the 20th century line, that's aged for three years. But in the 20th century line, you have the Londinesis, which is uh, about a six and six and a half by 55. Then you have the habanero, which is, it comes in a 25 count humidor every year. Uh, and that's, that's released usually around the springtime. Uh, we have that. That's also, you know, so uh, I mean, if we call it a, around a Toro size and then in the 20th um, century, then we have the Venecianos that's aged for four years. So within that 20th century line, we have two that are aged for five years, the Londinesis and uh, the habanero. And those are both around the Toro size. And then the Mesolongis, which is the largest ring gauge, 58 and longest yards, seven inches, that's only aged for three years. Right. 
So it just depends on the on on what he uses. He wanted a little you know variation. Uh, the good and bad, I'd say about uh, Byron. The good is there are twelve different Vitolas within the Byron line, but with, there are three different centuries. But within each century, there are four Vitolas that I would say, for the most part, except for the twenty-first century line, smoke differently. So in the Byron 19th century, uses Nicaraguan and Peruvian Lijeros. That's going to be your more medium to full-bodied, upfront pepper, lots of spice, um, but still very subtle, subdued because of the aging process. Um, you have the you have uh, the 19th century. Uh, that will be the the those those four. That's going to be the you know the, the fuller body. Then you go to the 20th century. Uh, Nicaraguan's removed. He uses Dominican and Peruvian, so a little more subtle on the on the palate, but tons of flavor. And the 21st century, uh, you have four different vitolas, but three of them use the use the Atabe wrapper, and that's more medium, very soft, uh, but again, medium medium bodied. And what's interesting, actually, about the 21st century, there's a vitola there called the Distinguidos, uh, which is a, a six by 55 uh, ring gauge. That one uses a dark Ecuadorian wrapper, which was an absolute mistake in production. And when I, it was rolled and made, and in 2016, when I was there, they were already in 10 count boxes because he was trying, he was going to, he was just going to flush them out because it, the, the, the inventory was wrong. And I said, well, wait a second. I smoked it. I said, this is unbelievable. <laughs> it was, you can call it a mistake, but this was, uh, this was a mistake from, from the goddess out of it. Um, this was absolutely a brilliant cigar. So then it turned into a, a 25 count box very limited you know early on because it was it was just a mistake in that one production i don't know when that was in 2014 and then when it went into regular production it's a 25 count box it has a dark wrapper so it doesn't even fit the 21st century you know blend the other three have the adipe wrapper this distinguidos is a dark ecuadorian wrapper nice so they're all very very unique and i love i love this i'm thank you for i I love nerding out about tobacco uh, because I love learning the processes that that everybody uses, and um, it does help us as consumers to understand, you know, differences between you know because I I don't think anybody else out there in anywhere in Central America is taking their cigars after they're rolled and shipping them off thousands of miles away to age in a special room uh and then you know ship i don't think that's happening but anybody else so it makes um it it makes a difference and every every company's got their own little um secret sauce i guess is the only word that comes to mind right now but uh Thank you for for spelling that out for us because it gives us as consumers a way to understand um, and appreciate the 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 time and the talent that goes into uh, making these products unique and special. Like so, I'm not going to say it publicly, but there was a person um, who went. Uh, they heard that you know the Amish make really good furniture, which is true. And then they came back from the Amish store and said they wanted a thousand dollars for this chair. Like, yeah, that, that seems about right. And if you know how well Amish furniture 
or anything they build for that matter is uh, is crafted, the amount of craftsmanship and time and energy that goes into any product, then you can appreciate it. But until you know you really see the value in that, yeah, at, at the end of the day, it's rolled leaves. But right. the amount of time and um, all of the things that Nelson is doing after the fact um, is unique and yeah. is worth that price point because for me, I can tell that difference that there is something unique about those products that do separate it from the rest of the crowd. But if you're a person that doesn't enjoy that or that, you know, cause for the most part, let's, let's be honest. Uh, most cigar smokers are thumbs up, thumbs down people. I enjoy that cigar. I don't. <laughs> You just you just went. Did I do? Opposite? You went thumbs up, thumbs down. Did I? So uh, hey. <laughs> down up. You do you. It's yeah. All, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> do you know? Do you know when you appreciate the thousand dollar chair the most? Is when your fifty dollar chair breaks. Right. That's when you appreciate the thousand dollar chair the most. Correct. That's on, Bill is absolutely right. That chair will absolutely ask, outlast everybody. Yeah. Here. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's a difference between IKEA and the and the honor. <laughs> that's, that's right. <clears throat> well, uh, is is it? Oh, is it time? I think it is time. It is now time for this week's numero, numero de los muertos. And as always, numero de los muertos is brought to us by our friends at Smoke In. Numero de los Muertos, episode 171. Garrett, what do you have for us this week? Mm. So and, but, so before you get into this week's, I actually just remembered. So I went back and watched yeah. episodes. Uh, I don't remember the episode, but when, when you were on the show last time, Oliver, and you guessed very quickly, like there were, there were, there was no, like us thinking of uh 20 questions or anything it was like right out of the gate you guessed it and uh so i will see if we get a repeat yeah get we'll out see of here you right. can do that again all right between 1885 and as far as i know well we'll say 2021 there have been seven people in the u.s who have died doing this seven people seven what was the year 1885. 1885. Yep. So that was a uh, that was a little while ago. It was. How, how old were you? To, to now. Till now. I was uh, I was six in 1885. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Well, it's definitely uh, not choking on a taco. <laughs> no. So, Allison, um, to your dismay, I've actually looked at death by toothbrush, and I can find no good data yeah swimming with whales mm, swimming with whales. no 
Um, not golfing. That's is, such it, a low- is, it, is it a visible? Is it a visible um, infliction of you know, from for, for death? Like, can, can you if you look at the body on the on the table? Can you say they oh, died no. from? No, oh. that's a good question. Um, I like that Niagara Falls. Right. More, well, definitely more than seven people. So he's he's messing with us because a few months ago we we were talking on the show to uh, to Nate and and Rob. Rob from Bovida, and Garrett gave gave his little opening spiel number, and Rob guessed it like instantly. It we he the first word spoken. Yeah, and when you say seven people, and when you say eighteen eighty five. Was that the first Correct. recorded death? Okay. Correct. So you're not just throwing out some obscure number. That, um, all right. Ele- electrocution. Um, so so it wouldn't be dying of boredom from listening to me on a podcast. Because <laughs> I only started in 2016. Oh, um, <laughs> all right. Um, not, not jumping from the Empire State Building. No, because that uh, would be, you'd see the visible. Yeah, you'd definitely see that. <laughs> On the walls, on the windows. Uh, Jay, you can go ahead and turn off your phone or whatever you're Watching doing. the twins in the playoffs. <laughs> Come on. Why you got to do us like that? Um, Eating spaghetti. No. I, I, is, there an, is there an animal involved? There is not. Like horses? No. All right. No animals are involved. Kicked to the head by a horse. Are vehicles um, involved? Vehicles are no, not I involved. It can't. No. 1880. I shouldn't even say that. What was it? For? It was in the Ford 1900, 1910, 12. Yeah, you know? I think so. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe I'm way off on that one. Is, um, uh, is water involved? Mm-mm. Mistaking a cigar product for a candy product <laughs> and consuming it. <laughs> no. No. Okay. Why would right, you say so something so edgy <laughs> and yet so brave? No. Um, um, it's it's not jumping from anything. Um, not any sexual position. Is it no. is it internal combustion or spontaneous human combustion? No. God, that would be a great one. It's not an occupation. Uh, it's not anything. It's not a disease. It can't be a disease because it's more people. Yeah. yeah. So no, no uh, disease, no vehicles, no water, no animal. No animal. It sounds like my weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, um, being hit by a golf ball or a water balloon. Does it have anything to do with tortillas? No. Uh, seven um, people, 1885. What was going on in 1885? Was it hit by hail? No. Or Heil? I was like, <laughs> is that, uh, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> Let's just go right over that. Um, uh, well, is it uh, male and female? Uh, yes. Uh, yes, both. Um, it, it is not a bodily function. It is not falling. Is it some kind of poisoning? No. 
this is uh, so this is uh, something that we have all done. I, I know that everybody in this room has 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 done this. Everyone's done it. Mm-hmm. Yes, adults and children. Crapping out both your your lower and upper <laughs> intestines. <laughs> No. I haven't done that. Pooping. There you go, John. Yeah, so uh, a lot no. of a lot of poop talk in the comments no. tonight. Well, um, everyone's done it. I mean, it's not yeah, you know, it's not jumping out of a, a perfectly good airplane, right? Not a uh, people. Everyone in this. Yeah, room. it's not. Yeah, it's not some kind of infection. It's not a disease. Eighteen fifty. Eighty-five. All right. Yeah, eighteen eighty-five. Not definitely not stepping on a Lego and falling. Would these be considered workplace accidents? No. Are weapons involved? No. Not a champagne cork. <clears throat> Ooh, peeing on an electric fence. Uh, no, but I really like that. I'm putting that on the list. And suddenly I see that pee on an electric fence and I'm brought back to Ren and Stimpy, the... I don't know if you guys remember. The- no whiz on the electric fence. Yeah, don't, don't whiz on the electric whiz on the electric fence. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is it a daily thing that happens? Um, it does between April and October. Whoa. Is it related to baseball? It is related to baseball. Oh, is it, is it yeah. getting hit by a pitch? Nope. Only uh, one. Crowd, a crowd. Yeah, only someone's one. dying in in the crowd by a foul ball. Yes, correct answer. Wow. Wow, seven, seven. Oh, that only took an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was a tough one. Yeah. So um, seven people, yeah, because there was one. We talked about this with Bear Duplissy about the one guy who got hit in the head by a pitch and died. That's only happened one time. In only baseball. happened once. Yep. But seven people since eighteen eighty five. More people have died in the stands than players. So it's safer to be a player. Yeah. Well, especially since they started wearing helmets. helmets. When did helmets become mandatory? Sixties. I think it was the sixties. Probably. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it, it's funny that it's well baseball related. Related, I just and I just had to look it up because I forgot his his name. But I brought up a guy as my son plays. He plays a lot of baseball and actually just um, a, a proud moment. Um, just accepted a um, an offer from Franklin Pierce in New Hampshire Division Two baseball to play third base for them in uh, oh, 2020. Man. Well, he'll play twenty twenty four. So very excited uh, for him. Very proud of him. But I looked up third baseman and the most errors, and the most errors was a guy in eighteen uh, in the eighteen eighties. Uh, that's when he started. Arlie Latham, eight hundred errors. He leads it by over two hundred plus errors at third base. Eight <laughs> hundred. Eight hundred errors. He leads it. And just to give perspective, like Wade Boggs had like two hundred in his career, two hundred and sixty something. Yeah. So uh, wow. is, a, is an interesting number because that is also the number of emergency room visits by spectators at major league uh, baseball. 800 yearly, 800 yearly, annually. Wow. 
because they were hit by foul balls or um not fights fights don't count no 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 yeah or you know your random heart attacks or yeah any of that (laughs) purely foul yeah foul balls and um wow and uh home run that sounds like a lot well yeah be careful when you go to the ballpark seven yep all right so that was this week's numero de los muertos All right, let's get into the lightning round brought to us by our friends at J.C. Newman Cigar Company. They are America's oldest family-owned premium cigar maker, creators of the popular Brickhouse, Perla Del Mar, Diamond Crown, and The American. J.C. Newman Cigar Company operates out of their 112-year-old El Relo Cigar Factory in historic Cigar City, Tampa, Florida. For more information on their cigars or their visitor experience, please visit jcnewman.com. Calm. All right. So, Oliver, if you could bring back any fashion trend from the past, what would it be? Wow. Such a big fan of the pants with the zippers, those really thin. I'd bring those back in a heartbeat. Parachute pants. Parachute pants. There you yes. go. Yes. Because yeah. all the zippers, you could just hide. I love the little knickknacks. I could hide things. <laughs> I could put things in it. The, yeah. And they, they even had them down by the, by the shin. Parachute pants. That one came a little too quick. I love that. (laughs) All right. So when you were a a kid or a teenager, who was your big celebrity crush? Uh, Wow. I think my first one was Elle McPherson. I had the Sports Illustrated cover poster. Um, She would would be my first crush. That was my first one. And then Salma Hayek was, as I got older and obsessed. Still. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, I still can't. I'm not supposed to say the name. Out loud <laughs> <laughs> due, to, due to international international laws <laughs> all right and this last one Ooh, all right oliver the zombies are coming <laughs> okay you get to pick three industry people to be on your zombie apocalypse team survival team yeah. who do you pick and why from from the industry, from yeah. the cigar industry, from the cigar industry, um, uh, I need I need some heavy I need some heavy lift, lifting I need some weight behind me. Um, I'm going to bring Mo from Patina Cigars. Yeah, um, I, I need that guy. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to have to go. There's a there's a wow. I mean, there, there are a couple in Texas. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to grab the guys. Uh, over, I can be a group. It's the industrial guys. I've done a couple cigars and guns uh, range day events for for United and cigars and guns, and ever they're bringing up all these guns. So I know those guys would just have an arsenal. Um, and if it's, you know, I can be fed up. So I'll bring I'll bring pops, uh, Dave Frakes from uh, from industrial cigars because I know he's going to bring the artillery. Um, and then I have I to say. I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to throw uh, I'm gonna have to throw somebody on the bus. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring Abe. Um, I don't think he's I don't think he's a he's a he's a fast runner. So if I can outrun him, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring him. 
And then we, you know, we've said that so many times on this yeah. on this question that and people give give an answer similar to that where yeah. you don't have to outrun the zombies, you just have okay. to outrun the guy you're with. Person. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's that's a little unfair because he does have the promo right before, so it was in my head. I was thinking smoke in. <laughs> that's not it. fair. <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's jump into this week's Notable Smokable. And Notable Smokable is brought to us by our friends at Ace Prime. Notable cigars, notable passion, notable purpose. So, uh, Oliver, on the show, each week we name a cigar that was notable to us that we smoked this week. It could be a cigar that's been on the market for decades that we just revisited for the first time in a long time. Or it could be a cigar that's brand new that we just smoked for the first time ever. Obviously, you're smoking mostly your own stuff, but if you ever get a chance to jump outside of your portfolio, what was something that caught your interest lately? Oh, late. Oh, okay, lately. I thought you were going to talk. All right. Um, so in my head, I originally just thought Bahia. I wanted Bahia Gold. Wow. Oh, I, that back. I used to oh, love Bahia love so much. Right. That was, you know, and it's still Costa Rican. Um, yeah. Tony Barhani, Don Douglas. Excuse me. Uh, you know, brilliant. Um the Bahia Gold, the Trinidad, and then when they came out with the Bahia Gold Maduro, like mm-hmm. I was, I was yeah. absolutely in love. Um, you know, so, well, I'll say, yeah, I mean, Moet Patina, uh, you know, I know I just brought him up and I bring him up because I was just at Cigar World in New Jersey. Uh, Hina over there, the, the owner, she was like, oh yeah, pick, if you could, you know, smoke anything else outside of your portfolio, I want to buy you a cigar and let's sit down and we'll talk and I was going through, I was up and down the aisles and, and I saw, I saw Patina in the Connecticut. I hadn't spoken. I have a box of the Habanos in my, in my humidor, but, uh, but I saw the Connecticut. I was like, you know what? Uh, it was early, you know, early in the day. I think it was there at like 11. So I, I just wanted something, something light. And uh, I grabbed a Patina Connecticut, uh, you know, for the, uh, for the afternoon. Nice. Yeah. I really enjoy that one. Too. Yeah. Garrett, what was your notable this week? I had a 2009 Jason Skinny Monster. Wow. 2009. At least that's what the box said. I don't think that's a thing. (laughs) When did those those come out? Um, I think that was was the price, wasn't it? Yeah, that would have been. When did the Monster Series release? 2011, I think, was the first Monster um, and then Jason was, I believe the JV 13 was the second monster release. So that would have been at the earliest, I think 2012. All right. Well, I smoked <laughs> an old Jason skinny monster. Oh, a skinny. Yeah. So those were even later. Those were, uh, re yeah. All right. Well, we'll need a, we'll need a, a, a tat person to, uh, check monster monsters also for, uh, for Halloween. A lot of kids dress up as monsters. Yep. They love they love Frankenstein. They do. Jason, werewolf, right. all those. Um, now, yeah. and, and look, nothing so, against nothing against what they do. Nothing against again what yeah. anybody does. But where yep. do, you know where does the line? Where do we draw the line? Hundred percent. Right. Right. Uh, so I had a skinny monster, a Jason skinny monster. <laughs> no, no dates are included no, in this description. Yeah. <laughs> 20, he, he smoked the twenty twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got I got my hands on this this box of Atabays with a 1985 box aid. Man, yeah, it was awesome. It was so good. <laughs> I, smoked a, I smoked a 150 year old cigar. It was part part something. It had 150 on it. It's 150 years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were rolled the label, by the they were rolled by Castro. Yeah, 
Right. Oh man. Uh, so my notable is one that I picked up while we were at the PCA trade show. We mm. yeah, every year you got to go to uh, Casa Fuente because it's uh, such a cool place, and they you never you know they always say oh no we don't have any of those and then five minutes later somebody else is walking out of the store with one and so you know you, you have to make like four trips in the humidor to see what oh no oh shoot we actually do have some of those and uh they had some of the uh there's a special opus x called the la diosa uh which is the goddess and i picked one of those up and i just smoked it a few days ago and good lord i mean it's just it's so so delicious mm -hmm. uh so um and, and i i don't know if those if those are ones that they make a small quantity of every year or if they first i think were released in 2015 um but i i don't think that it's a seven-year-old cigar i think they just make a very small quantity of those la dioses every year uh, and I think that opus is only available at Casa Fuente, I think, I or probably also at the factory in, in Dominican, but I, I really don't know, but it was delicious. Uh, so that was this week's Notable Smokable, brought to us by Ace Prime, improving lives through fine cigars. Please visit aceprime.com to learn more. So we have some coming attractions to talk about and coming attractions on How About That Cigar Brought to us by our friends at A.J. Fernandez. They now produce unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The A.J. Fernandez portfolio of cigars provides blend strength and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer. Whether it's New World, Dias de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you're sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from A.J. Fernandez. So, uh, on the 5th of September, that is Labor Day. We will not have a show on that day, so please enjoy the holiday for those of you here in the States that celebrate that day. Uh, then coming up on the 12th of September, we have uh, the guys from Apostate Cigars, a, a small new brand that we learned about at the PCA trade show, so uh, very excited to get their story. And then on the 19th, we have George Brightman. And uh, if you guys don't know who George Ooh. is, George is uh, uh, just a legend uh, in the world of writing about cigars, tasting cigars. He's uh, it, we have a lot to learn that we can learn from George. So uh, very excited to uh, to have him on the show on the 19th of this month. Um, so, Oliver, if you would, please give our viewers uh, another idea. Where's the best place for them to get all the latest and greatest about your brands? Wow. So you, uh, well, real quick too, George Brightman, ask him, write this down. So you don't forget Des, D-E-Z direct, ask him about Des direct. George Brightman back in early 2000s, when I was working with Fryboy Tobacco in Las Vegas, um, we, we were the, we opened up the, um, uh, the Casa Fuente in 2004. That was a partnership with Fryboy Tobacco, Ashton and, and Fuente. So I, you know, I saw the tiles going in. I was helping with a lot of the, the merchandising, but we had a website that we were launching. Des Direct was an automated video that we recorded with uh, with George Brightman, and he was he was guiding you through the website. So ask him about Des Direct. We did a whole comic book series with him too. It's classic. Uh, oh, he's a awesome. Thank um, you. Yeah. So absolutely. So uh, go to United Cigars on social media. Uh, that's cigars with an S. You can find us at UnitedCigarGroup.com. Um, that will show you all the retailers, which we need to update because we've added, uh, you know, quite a few accounts, uh, at PCA and beyond. And with the help of you know, our great, uh, representatives out there, 
uh, you know, hitting, hitting the pavement, uh, going to retailers. But uh, yeah, you can find us on social media. Um, we try to stay active. We say, you know, I, I handle the Instagram page. So uh, I try to interact as, as much as I can. I try to respond to as many questions and comments as, as possible. And if you're in, look, if you're in the um, Queensbury area, we'll be at the Queensbury Rep Roast uh, September 20th. I'll be at Nickel City in Buffalo, New York on the 24th. Um, somewhere else right before that, I'm at Havana on the, on the Hudson uh, this Thursday for a beautiful cigar dinner. Uh, so, yeah, bombing, uh, bombing around. Uh, I'm out there. Awesome. Love it. Well, Oliver, thank you so much for being back on the show. Uh, we appreciate all the great information, and we love learning about um, you know, learning about fine cigars and, uh, gaining information from guys, guys like you. So thanks so much for it. Thank you. And be sure to look the, yeah, yeah. Two hours. I'm still smoking it. The, uh, look, the wise man Maduro just hit the shelves for yeah. retailers. Uh, that's out there now. That's the new limited release firecracker, uh, that's out there. So just remember everybody buy smoke, live United. Awesome. Mm. Thank you so much, brother. To all our viewers and listeners, guys, we are so grateful to you for watching live on Facebook and live on YouTube. And and for those of you, of course, who listen on the audio podcast, thanks so much. Take just a minute. If you're on YouTube, click the big red subscribe button. If you're on Facebook, click the follow button. And if you are listening on the audio podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of the episodes. If you guys have questions for us, you can email us on the website, howaboutthatcigar.com. Follow us on all social media at HBT Cigar. And of course, until we see you guys next time, burn cigars, not bridges. Thanks. Thanks, everyone.